Today we're not only going to be introducing ourselves as the new kind of people talking during Youth Radio Hour, but we also wanted to talk about some recent issues that have been happening and how that affects us as young people. But I wanted to start out with just talking between the two of us about, you know, being a young person in this time and age and how that is and who we are as people. So, Parker, hello. if you'd like to give a little introduction to start us off, that'd be awesome. Um, hello, I'm Parker. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm a sophomore at Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I'm so stoked to be here. Well, I just, <laughs> I'll go. Uh, my name's Juniper. <laughs> I use she, they pronouns, and I'm also a sophomore at Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I've been on the on KPOV before a few times with Bruce on the Tuesday Point, and I'm just happy to finally really be getting into the whole radio scene and being able to just talk, honestly, on air. Yeah, me too. I've been on... We were here last week, but other than that, I, like, was here once in sixth grade talking about a school play, and I've had, like, little experiences with being on the radio, but, like, this is going to be something that's going to be so cool, and, like, I'm just really excited to do this with Juniper especially. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a, just a cool collaboration. So I just kind of wanted to start off with, obviously, you know being someone in Central Oregon who doesn't conform to what the normal is here, you know, very Republican, very cis. Um, Parker, what's, what is it like being a queer person in Central Oregon? So, <laughs> so, you know, definitely I did not grow up seeing a lot of representation of people like me around because like Central Oregon, you know, and it's just Central Oregon is just like such a bubble, I feel like, compared to like different cities in Oregon and like like I was saying, like, I never grew up with people that, like, fit who I am. And yeah. I remember, like, I was 11 when I came out, so I was very young. So I told my sister, I was like, I don't feel like a girl or a boy. What do I do? And her first instinct was to call our older sibling who lived in Oakland. <laughs> who, Because you know how Oakland is. Very much not like Bend. Yeah. So it was just nice to talk to somebody and get to learn all these things. And, like, I was very much, like, a leader of all, like, the, like, I was leader of the GSA in middle school because I was, like, one of the only people at my school who was not cisgender. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I went to a small school of 280 students, especially, too. And, like, it was just, it's just interesting, you know, like, growing up in a place and having to fit into one certain idea and then all of a sudden, like, changing that radically and, like, yeah. changing your view of how you view other people in Central Oregon and how you view yourself and definitely like i've like been yelled at on the street by like people yes. driving by and like called <laughs> slurs and stuff and like just a bunch of stuff it's really interesting yeah it's honestly insane i feel like i lived for a very large portion of my life in places like eugene and portland and then i moved here when i was about like nine years old didn't know i was gay but obviously moving here even just seeing what's around you it's such a culture shock because you're around obviously in portland you're around gay people all the time there's yeah. gay people in portland there's not a lot of gay people <laughs> breaking here. news yes breaking <laughs> news there is gay people in portland oregon but i think that <clears throat> one of the hardest things is just being such a young child and not fitting into that kind of like stereotype and like conformity that other people believe is what's normal here, here. and then like just not knowing what to do like I, I have a single mom who's also gay and just like not having the same family life that everyone else had was like very stressful for me I didn't know how people are gonna feel when I told them that my mom was gay like are you gonna say something about my mom or are you gonna say something about me like <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna react because I don't know what's like if that's okay here 
And growing up, it's just hard because as you get older, obviously you learn to just be yourself. But being young, a young age and just not being the normal here is very hard. Oh, yeah. Especially like I was born and raised in Bend. I've lived here my entire life. So I don't know anything else yeah. other than this, except my mom moved to Portland in 2018. And I go up there quite frequently. Like most summers I spend like half my summer there. I go there like m- like at least once a month. I spend my breaks there. And, like, I, like, volunteer at a summer camp in Portland, Rock and Roll Camp for Girls and Trans Youth. And it's just so interesting, like, being in Bend one week and then going and being with a bunch of other trans people. Uh, (laughs) And it's just, like, such, like, a... It's, like, a culture shock, like you were saying, going from, like, oh, okay, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, just just back and forth. Wave. It's a wave. It's also weird because it feels like... We both go to RPA, obviously, mm-hmm. but it feels like RPA is its own little bubble in Redmond. Literally. Like, I go on campus and there's gay people everywhere. There's and gay there's, people yeah, everywhere. <laughs> there's cosplayers. Like, it seems like it's a place in Redmond, but it's, like, not actually there. Yeah. Like, you're on, like, a separate planet. Yeah. Honestly. Like, it's, it's funny because RPA is, like, right there and then you look down the street and there's Redmond City Hall. Yeah. And then, like, a few blocks <laughs> away, there's, like, 15 American flags and then there are yeah. those one car, those cars that drive around all the time with the flags and the pickup truck. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's just, but it's like, weird. it's funny because like when I told my dad I wanted to go to school in Redmond, he was like, Redmond? Why? Because <laughs> like I was looking at either Bent High or Summit and because I live in the Summit District. And then like we went and we toured there and we both loved it. And then I spent like all of last year online because of COVID. And then this year my dad drove me to school on the first day. And he was like, in his words, he was like, there were just so many people dressed like Parker with split dyed hair <laughs> and like black and chains. Yes. And like, it's like the new era of goth in <laughs> Redmond, Oregon. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have friends that go to other schools, like queer friends who, goes, who go to other schools and it's nothing like that. Like I have friends who are trying to get into RPA just because of how accepting our just like culture is. It's truly just about accepting everyone and just, you know, being able to just be who you are while you're at school, yeah. which is so important these days. Exactly. Yeah. And like, um, uh, it's funny because, um, so we had our prom like two weekends ago yeah. and then the Redmond High prom was in the same area. Yeah, it was. And then, and then somebody said, I forget who it was, a friend of mine said, yeah, you'll be able to tell which one's RPA by all the dyed hair. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. You can tell which accurate. is which. One has cowboy hats, one does not. Yeah. I mean, there was one girl with a cowboy hat, but she was like... Like, um yeah, yeah glittery like, cowboy hat. yeah girl boss cowboy <laughs> yeah girl boss cowboy yeah um and it's just so cool to like go to school and be able to feel like comfortable in an environment exactly. and like know there's other people like like me exactly like, and know like be able to form relationships and friendships based off that when like you won't be able to anywhere else and like yeah. i don't get called slurs at rpa no of course not and because Chown also, would like, not have that. Yeah, Chown would not have that. <laughs> Chown and Mike, oh man. No, Mike would have a fit. Mike would have a fit. <laughs> don't get on Mike's bad no, side. Don't hit his car either. <laughs> yeah, don't it's hit Mike's car. It's not that funny. It's not that funny. Okay. Um, <coughs> so I just also wanted to talk a little bit, cause since Parker's trying to get more into like the music aspect of Youth Radio Hour... I just wanted to ask, what kind of role does music play in your life? Oh my god, music is everything to me. Like, always has been. At my old school, it was very music-focused, my elementary, middle school. So, like, we'd do, like, drum circles once a week, and, like, once a week um, for half of math, you would do choose an instrument to play instead. So I played ukulele from, like, 
third until eighth grade every week for half of my math class instead of doing math. It was great, honestly. That's amazing. Like, we just learned to play, like, Sweet Caroline, and <laughs> it was so good. So good. So good. <laughs> but, um, and, like, I've been playing drums since I was eight years old, and, like, music has always been such, like, an important part of my life because, like, I grew up, like, listening to the radio with my parents and, like, my parents being like, oh, this song is so good. Uh, yeah. Always having, like, on Sirius XM, always having, like, classic vinyl on. Yes. And, like, <laughs> like, other, like, rock radio stations. And then, like, um, my dad one time pulled out all, like, his old, like, CDs. And he was like, oh, man, this one's so good. Oh, this one's so good. And just, like, I remember, like, when Prince died, we, there was one, it was very sad. Rest in peace, Prince. I'm yes. actually wearing my Purple Rain yes, shirt right now. Yes, you are. I love Prince. But, like, my mom loved Prince. Like, absolutely loved Prince. So, um when prince died there was a radio station that was only playing prince songs for like two months so every day we'd listen to that radio station and just i formed a lot of my relationship with my parents based off music and especially like i love classic rock it's my favorite genre like i love playing classic rock music on the drums i love learning the songs i love listening to it but you know i do love me some harry styles but you know i was actually listening to harry's house on the way over (laughs) here um but like music has always been such an important part of my life from listening to it because music forms relationships and forms like a hundred percent yes yes and then like being in like school bands like school rock bands and like getting to learn songs with people and collaborate and write our own songs and then at that music summer camp i went to like i dedicate almost my entire life to music because it is what i want to do and i'm so excited to be able to be here and like play what i want and yes. just like talk about the music because i know so many unnecessary facts about queen you better. um i yeah they've been my favorite band since i was 12 so i know so much about them and i'm just yes. so excited that there are people who can actually get they have they get forced to hear me talk about it i know they and yeah they can turn off the radio uh, yeah. but like i'll still be talking about it there's still yeah. be a record of me talking about it. exactly this is going on the podcast <laughs> yeah going on the podcast <laughs> going in the kpov archives yes So I know that we've kind of talked about school, but I also just wanted to kind of bring up just the recent stuff that's been happening in the world of being a school, being in a school and the recent shooting in Texas that happened not too long ago. And I kind of just wanted to kind of switch into that because I feel like when a new school shooting happens, we talk about it for a little bit and then we completely forget about it. And I feel like jumping on the opportunity to talk about it is what we can do right now. So I just wanted to ask you, Parker, what hardships have come with being a student in a day and age with the lack of gun control we have? Oh, man. Um, just the feeling of, like, not being safe in yes. places. Because, like, I've been, like... Because when the Parkland shooting happened, which is, like, the like the big spike of, like, um, gun violence and then protests for many years, um, I've been involved in, like, as many as I can. I've done so many walkouts on the April 20th one in 2018. I actually went to redmond i was doing i was at school in bend i was in middle school in bend but i actually went to redmond and rpa did a march for our lives or just like they had a march for our lives banner but we did a um a protest outside of city hall yeah because it was the anniversary of the columbine shooting and we did like the 45 minutes of silence and like we all held papers with the names of the victims on them and like marched around redmond yes like which was you know got honked at a lot yeah. and got yelled at. You never know what kind of honk it is, to be honest. It could be a hateful honk. It could be a go you honk. You, well, well, you literally could, you, never know. And like just the aggressive ones. And you look to yeah. see who's in the driver's seat and you see one of those like greasy trucker hats and you're like, all right. And the mullet. 
the mm. mullet, the bad mullet, the bad not your mullet. mullet. Yeah, not my mullet. I was gonna say the bad me. mullet. The, we all know the bad mullet. <laughs> we all know the bad mullet. Oh god, but yeah, like especially in Redmond with the population of yeah, it's yeah. insane. It's crazy because I even remember like when there was a BLM protest in Redmond not too long ago. It got so heated that they had to have the police come out because there was just two sides just completely going at each other, and it's honestly just insanely sad because this is. I feel like the death of children should unify us, but it only divides us. And it makes no sense. It does not make any sense. It just, like, especially like you were saying, people talk about it for, like, a few minutes and then just, like, let it go. Yeah. Like, this is an ongoing issue. Has been for so many years. Yes. And, it's like, insane. it's just, like, so normal. It is. Like, it's, I hate to say no, it. It's, that's true. It is normalized to be scared to go to school. And I also feel like I have a bone to pick with the exact same people that only post about gun violence when a shooting happens because there is children die from gun violence every single day in america and i don't want to just hear about it when there's a massive school shooting yeah yes it's sad of course it's sad children are dying but it's also sad to see people only care when it's convenient yeah i want to see you caring every single day of the year because that's the only way that anything is going to change and it's also like um what's annoying too is like on social media especially like people are only posting because everyone else is and they don't want to seem like a jerk for not posting it's guilt 100 percent. that's like community guilt tripping and then like there are those weird like instagram story like add your own that's like repost if you're against gun violence da 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 yeah and it's like that like i'd hope so yeah (laughs) and like the fact that you have to post that to prove that yeah here's your medal i can see who skips like i don't care like actually care about the issues instead of yeah. just like guilt tripping other it's instagram it's not all users. about instagram literally it's not, all about instagram. it's not all about instagram and i mean yes it's also it's so important to raise awareness but i don't want to see a random tweet on your instagram story not telling me anything i actually learned about the shooting from in a story on instagram which is sad but i'm me gonna too. admit it yeah. but my first thought was not oh i'm gonna go post everything i see about this my first thought was how can I change this? This is insanely sad. I'm going to go cry about this. But how can I change this? And what is the next step? Because there is so much that goes into making a change that you see and you need in the world. But that doesn't come from just posting something and sitting back. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that people care. But caring and thoughts and prayers only go so far. Yeah. I'm tired of the thoughts and prayers. I want to see some action. And especially also like with like, because like, like you were saying, just sitting back. It's just like one click and then oh, you're it done. Is. It's like, all right, I've said my part. I'm going to go to my room now. Like, no. No, you don't get to forget about it after you press post. I'm sorry, but you don't get to forget about it. And you don't get to have no guilty conscience after pressing post. Because it's just insanely sad to see. Like, I loved, I love to see all the support. But I remember in January and when the Michigan shooting happened, mm-hmm. I remember how much people posted about that. And then it was on to the next issue. I understand that there are so many things that we can't just put our, all of our energy towards one, but it's exhausting just seeing the constant flip and flip and flip. I remember being 12 years old and planning a walkout yeah, me too. by myself. Like, I remember doing that. That's just what it was. But it doesn't end there. You can plan the walkout, but the action happens by connecting with local people that are in the line of power and can help you create that kind of change. Exactly. <clears throat> <coughs> sorry Juniper's dying. um i don't know i feel like this is a good time to talk about this but i actually have a bone to pick so not too long ago 
I connected with uh, this amazing person on the Redmond School District named Liz Goodrich. She is a longtime family friend, and she's amazing, and we love her. And I remember uh, hearing about two different policies that were going to be passed, hopefully, in the Redmond School Board. It was KGGB and JFJC, and both of these policies would be such an insanely huge and needed step for just gun control in our area, and they were both denied. I just want to read a little bit about KGGB for everyone listening. KGGB would quite literally just make it so that no civilian could bring a gun onto school grounds. Pretty simple, correct? Yes. Obviously not, because it did not pass. And I wanted to include what our superintendent said by why he did not pass it. He stated, I'm a practical guy, and I do not think this is a practical policy. If someone comes on campus with a concealed weapon, we won't know about it. If we do know about it, we will call the police no matter what. This policy doesn't change anything. Well, superintendent, it does change a lot because now we no longer have a policy protecting our children while they're at school. So, yeah, I have beef and my email was never answered. Like, just I sent countless emails to these people and nothing came from it. And it just goes to show that as much as you do, it's not going to be enough if there aren't enough of you. I remember sending an email and a letter and I got maybe 10 signatures on it. And it did not pass. It did not pass. We are no longer under the policy of KGGB in Redmond, Oregon. We no longer have that protection from a civilian bringing a gun on campus. His also like his response makes no sense. Like it made no sense. If a person brings a concealed weapon, we won't know. If we do know, we'll call the cops. Then maybe do something to prevent that. Yeah, if you don't because, know and like, someone gets shot, what are you going to do? And like, also, like, <laughs> cops also bring, like, a negative um, feeling to a lot of people. Exactly. Because, like, some people are afraid of cops for their own personal reasons. And seeing one heightens anxiety. And also, like, seeing a cop in an area means, like, oh, there must be danger. What should I do? What do I do? What if this, what if this XYZ? And, like, not responding or not talking about what's going on especially to like i can remember being younger and like mapping out ways to get home in case there was exactly like, a shooting yeah. and being like okay so i live here school's here da, 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 and, what's like, the safest way to get home yeah yeah and like if i can't get home where else do i go exactly like what's the safest place for me to go to but that's far enough away from the school but that's far enough away from the school but not too far that i lose stamina Exactly. How far can you run before you're far enough away? Exactly. Exactly. And I also think that it just kind of speaks to the fact that they are putting this on our teachers. And that's not I I work with kids. I'm considered a teacher at my place of employment. I did not sign up to do your job for you. Exactly. I did not sign up to do my job for you. So I don't understand why the simple action of passing something that would not only help not just teachers, but students, parents feel safer when their kids are at school or when they're at school is just like so unheard of and just so hard apparently. But I also just, I just think about like, I don't have any kids obviously, but I work with kids like thinking about the fact that these kids aren't like old enough to understand the prevalence of gun violence is very sad, but it's even sadder to think that they might have to live in the same world that we have to live in now, a world where they could be scared to go to school and map out how they can get home when there's a school shooting. I mean, they most likely will. Seeing they as probably will. Nothing been changed for so many years. I just, I'm sorry, I can't get over his letter. I just keep thinking about that. And it's like, not only does it put pressure on teachers, but also like 
making it clear that you're the superintendent, but you don't care about the kids. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, like, I remember talking to Liz after one of the meetings, and she let me know that they had been, like, pushing back talking about it. And it's just, like, it proves this is a very uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's so needed. Exactly. Like, if we don't talk about it, it's just going to get forgotten again, and then it's just going to keep happening again and again and again and again. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not, like, working with kids that thought shouldn't go through my mind and it shouldn't go through the parents' minds and it definitely should not go through the minds of a child who's under the age of 10. Like, no child should ever have to think about that. And, I mean, it's just so simple. Like, it's so simple, but it's so hard to grasp for so many people. It's like, politics aside, you should be worried about a gun being near your child. No, exactly. Like, I don't know. if When I'm a parent, I don't care what my political stances even though i know i'm probably still going to be a democrat but i would be scared for my child's safety like that is going to be my number one concern no matter what and like i don't want to have to think about where my child's going to go to school and if they're going to be safe at that place because of a gun that could easily just be heavily regulated and then it would be fine yeah it's just like it's going around in circles and i'm just like tired of it it's exhausting it's just like there are so many other countries who after like one or two shootings have put so many strict gun laws like like illegalized guns or like put in like even just gun control laws like yes. control them yes. like there have been so many um like countries like i said that have just like not had anything since they've put yes laws in place it quite literally takes legislation and the hardest thing is being someone who cares so much about gun violence and knowing that it's because you know that Every walkout you do, if they don't start listening, then there is no near future of an end to gun violence. Because that's just how it is. Yeah. Like, that's why being here and being in the seat is so important to me and to Parker, because people don't listen. People just straight up don't listen. I can hold a megaphone for hours, but this is a bigger megaphone. And people yeah, You should see the listen. windscreen on this thing. This thing yeah, is massive. Yeah, people have to listen. <laughs> so whether or not they want to, they probably still will. And it's important to note that having this seat is important to us Mm -hmm. because we want to be heard and we want people to listen and it's also just like like where was i gonna go with this um important for so many other reasons and i'm just so grateful for like kpov bend letting us do this and talk about this stuff because this is so important yeah plug yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we love kpov we love kpov yeah and it's i mean i remember being literally 12 years old and planning a walkout and i was like i don't know how to do this i don't know if anyone's gonna come i don't know what's gonna happen and i remember getting an email from bruce back that was just like hey do you want to be on our show i was like yeah (laughs) so then i was on kpov when i was 12 and here we are but yeah it's just like it's insane like how much a little thing like giving someone a platform like this can go so far. Exactly. Like I wouldn't have met so many amazing people as I have through KPUV or made so much what I call ground in the sense of gun control without all of the people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's so important to me, especially like people think like, oh, we're kids. We can't do much. Look at us. Look at us go. We're 16 Slay. sitting in sitting with big microphones talking about yeah. big issues. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. And so I also I feel like um I've been reading a lot of statistics about this recent shooting and it's very sad, but I also just wanted to bring this one that I saw to us that it was I don't even remember the exact numbers, but there's been like 100 and 
44 days of school and there's been like over 200 school shootings already yeah and the thought that there's been less school days and there has been school shootings is actually insane to me because that means multiple a day yeah literally there's multiple a day it's and just they it's just crazy. get they get swept under the rug like we only hear no. about ones where there are like multiple deaths yeah or like that are like bigger I know, and it's crazy because it's also like, even if you don't die in a school shooting, imagine the amount of trauma you will carry with you for the rest of your life. Like, the Parkland students, um, I've seen, like, a lot of them, like, this is the freshmen who are there then, this is their senior year. Yeah. Like, they're graduating insane. soon. Oh, and, uh, like, in the beginning of the school year, I remember seeing, like, TikToks and Instagram posts by them being, like, it's scary being back here and knowing that, yeah. like, my like, my class is the last class who experienced this. Yeah, it's insane. And I'm pretty sure this plays into Parkland, but like ex Gonzalez. Yeah. I look up to them so much, but it's like hearing their struggles is just so insanely heartbreaking because like no one should ever have to experience that. Yeah. No mass shooting is ever okay, obviously, but I cannot imagine experiencing one at school in the way that that would just shape me for the rest of my life. And I remember seeing after the Michigan one, the students going back into school and like one person did like, like my day going back to school as a student in michigan after what happened and like yeah, i saw that like so many like service dogs and service animals multiple in every classroom because every child and teacher yes. is just horrified yeah i also just like i no longer want to hear the whole like arming our teachers stance or like anything that's not just gun control honestly i don't even want to hear it because it's it's not going to work yeah and like active shooter drills are scary they're horrifying I know that a lot of people listening have probably experienced an active shooter drill. It's actually horrifying. And I can't even imagine having to do that after experiencing a school shooting. Yeah. Like, imagine experiencing a school shooting and the next year having to do an active shooter drill. Like It's insane. Oh, God. And, like, I remember in the beginning of the year, my advisor running through all, like, the safety precautions we have to take and, like, this, this, and this for, like, if, like, I don't want to talk. He said, like, I don't want to talk about this, but I have to. So this is what happens if like a person comes in like went through all like the the rules of like if somebody knocks at the door don't answer it and just like like having all this drilled into you at such a young age like i learned all this stuff in like fifth grade and yeah. like just like hearing it again because then like at one point you're sitting there, like oh yeah and then the police will have a key so don't open the door even if someone claims to be the police da, 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 da. it's like i shouldn't have to do that and it gets <laughs> like it's just so unfortunate that it's so repetitive because it gets boring does that make sense no it is because it's the exact same thing every single year even when the shootings continue to happen yeah like i don't want to also not to be annoying but i know we do this exact same shooter training or that whole like safety training mm -hmm. um the whole zombie proportion of that it's like not funny no. it's not funny at all no. i don't think it's funny i don't i don't laugh like you go from having fear like instilled in you about a school shooting to well what if zombies came like i actually don't care and, this and it's is always not like funny. the same kind of kids in the class saying it too yeah i'm like, just like literally no no thank you and i feel like it's also the same people who make jokes about it are people who haven't experienced any sort of oppression either yeah they haven't and it's like it's just insane and like the whole thought of like people turning into like a mental health thing like oh be nice to everyone you see because what if they're an active like what if they did that this one is day? that makes me like the whole like be nice to the quiet kid thing like that joke that thing i don't like it like <laughs> it's just like so problematic on so many levels yeah and the whole guns don't kill people people kill people i mean i don't think that i could do that like if someone was to be a school shooter and they brought a knife would the same amount of people die 
No. As if you had an AR-15. Like, that's my thing. It's just, it's so out of touch with reality. And just, like, also, like, getting into, like, with the guns don't kill people, people kill people debate thing. Like, I've gotten in, excuse me, I've gotten into so many debates with so many of my classmates from, like, like since sixth grade being like, yeah. hey, you're literally wrong. Here's X, Y, Z. Here's all these statistics. Like, no. And they're saying, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. it's also like these people have so much like pride in a bad way that they don't want to feel they wrong. can't listen to another side because they don't want to. And it's always it's always the same type of people. It is always it's the same. It's always the same type of people. Yeah. And I also feel like being like, oh, you know, people pull the trigger. What if they had no trigger to pull? Like, then there would be less violence. Literally. <laughs> That's the exact point I'm If there was no trigger to pull, what would happen? Yeah. What would happen? Take away the trigger. Take away the gun. Yeah, literally take away the gun. I don't know why we're even talking about this. Like, just take it away. <laughs> the fact that this is such a hard concept to grasp for people, like, take gun away. What I do without gun. <laughs> Live my life? No. No. Without gun, I mustn't. No. With my 15 guns in my house. Like, yeah. And the fact that people have that many scares me. I know. What kind of fear do you live in every day? It sounds horrible. Like, take some self-defense classes? Like, yeah. It's just like, I cannot, it's just, I I would be scared to live in that kind of life because there must be so much fear. Yeah. Like, constant fear of just someone coming in your house, something like that. Almost like the kind of fear that people live in for school shootings, but... We can talk about that another time. (laughs) Yeah, so it's about to be 4.30, and Parker is having to head out for a graduation at RPA. So congrats to all the seniors at RPA. We love you all so much. We love you all. And so proud of you for doing everything you have. Yes, we are. So, yeah, Parker's going to head out, but we can keep talking, I guess. All right, yeah. Thank (laughs) you all so much for listening to me talk. And I will be back next week. Yes, you will. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I guess that it is just us now. So I think that I'm going to tear more into my introduction because I feel like um, I kind of wanted to get into Parker's first just because I knew they would have to leave. But, um, yeah, so I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I lived there for quite a big part of my life, and I moved to Bend when I was around 9 or 10 years old, and I've lived here ever since then. Well, I guess Terrebonne, but the Bend area, and I've lived there ever since then. I started going to RPA in sixth grade, and it was kind of like a big difference from where I went before. I went to Terrebonne Community School, so it was a big change just in the sense of like a lot more people, a lot more diversity, and yeah, so... I remember, this is, I'm just going to say this because I think it's hilarious. Um, when I was about eight years old, no, not eight, more like nine, um, I remember coming to school in all black because my mom told me to. And when anyone would ask me why I did that, I would say, I'm mourning the loss of our country because it was the day after Trump won the election. So if anyone asks, I've been big balling for a long time. So, yeah, I was going to... RPA for a very long time and I think that this was about sixth grade yeah when I was 12 2018 was when the Stoneman Douglas shooting happened and I remember coming to my mom my mom has had quite a long history and activism just from college going to U of O having just being in that kind of scene you know so I was like mom I want to do something about this I want to do anything about this and so she's the one who actually suggested a walkout and 
that was where it started. I remember emailing every publication I could find. I tried everywhere. I I made signs. I made a letter writing campaign. I made ribbons. I bought a megaphone. It was like, honestly, it was the start. <laughs> I had gone to protests before, but organizing something like that is just a brand new feeling. The thought of like everything just being on your shoulders is obviously stressful, but it's even more exciting because you know that this is something that you can do and it's something that you can do to help. And I remember just being 12 and just like being absolutely so excited. And um, we held a moment of silence after our walk and KTVZ came because it was a part of the March for Our Lives. And before the actual walkout, I ended up talking to Bruce and me on KPOV. And yeah, ever since then, I have done a few other things in the realm of activism. I helped co-organize a Stop AAPI Hate rally and I think March of 2021 after the violence against AAPI people in America and that was awesome. We had Phil Chang there. It was amazing and we ended up raising a ton of money for Stop AAPI Hate and yeah, so that was kind of my biggest thing during COVID just because it's hard being a student during COVID. And now that we're out of it, I've done a few more things since then. I was a huge part of a walkout at RPA in January, January 19th. And yeah, I walked out with a lot of my classmates and it was just, it was, it was weird. Honestly, it was really weird to be there fighting for the exact same thing I fought for four years before. And I would be lying to you. I said I wasn't like, it wasn't weird. It was really weird because I feel like being 12 and knowing better than people do when they're my age now feels just, it feels strange. It feels really strange. And yeah, it's just, it's exhausting because I feel like I've been fighting for this for over f like four years, going on five years soon. And it just feels like there's, it feels like there's never an end to it. I feel like there's always going to be a silence and then another shooting. And it's hard to just like keep it going when it's just constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I don't have the stamina to do all of it. Do you kind of get what I mean? Like the stamina to do it all is not something I possess. And it's obviously easier when you have other people around you, but carrying what it, it literally feels like guilt of being able to go to a school like the one that I go to and feel probably more safe than most kids do. It's a lot because I mean, there's kids on the waiting list for RPA, hundreds of kids, and I'm lucky enough to go there and feel a little less, you know, in danger while other people are not. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. It's really weird. Honestly, it's also weird to be talking to myself right now, honestly. And so, yeah. So a little bit more about me. I work with kids. I've been working with kids since September of 2021 and I love it. I absolutely love it. I know that a lot of people jokingly say that kids are ugly and they're weird, but they're not. And I don't like I don't like that because kids are adorable. They're just like they're just like adorable and they all love you unconditionally. And I feel like being so close to kids in everyday sense, I'm there every single day of the week except for weekends. It's like hard to still be fighting for the same thing I have been for like the last four years. It's insanely hard because 
you know, at first the fight was just for me and my peers. And now this is almost like a new fight. And it's for the kids that I teach. It's like 10 times more stakes because these kids mean 10 times more than more to me. So it's like having to figure out how to fight this battle for even more kids that are even harder and can't do it for themselves is so stressful. I feel like, you know, it just, it really hurts me when I see that people are still continuing to post about how like, you know, it's not guns fault. It's people's fault. It's mental health and all this stuff. I don't care what it takes for us to end the gun violence in America and prevent school shootings. I just want it to happen because I'm exhausted. I am tired of thinking about what kind of school atmosphere the kids that I teach are going to be in when they're my age or even when they're 12. What kind of what kind of school are they going to go to? Are they going to feel safe? Are they going to do the exact same active shooter drills I have to do? Are they going to have to do the exact same thing I did when I was 12? No one should have to think about that. And the craziest part is that I'm not even a parent. These these are not my kids. These are kids that I see daily, but they're not my children. And just like it really just makes me think about how being a parent in this day and age and being scared about gun violence, it sounds exhausting. Like I'm exhausted and these aren't even my children. I cannot imagine waking up every day as a mother and thinking, oh, is my kid going to be make it home from school today? And it just it's absolutely appalling that people hear these firsthand accounts of people who have been killed or who've had family members who have been killed in like literal schools and are just like, well, I mean, was the shooter bullied? Like, no, it it, it doesn't whittle down to that. Even in the recent Texas shooting, I like this kid had mentioned that he was bullied by his high school classmates, but instead of choosing to you know, take that out on high schoolers, he decided to take it on a ton of fourth graders. And we obviously don't have a full list of victims' names yet because it's so fresh. But I don't, I feel like reading that list is the most heartbreaking part of knowing any of this. I don't care what his name is. I don't care what kind of gun he used. I don't care what day it was, where it was. Seeing the name of victimless and their age all being 10 years old is so much scarier and so much more heartbreaking than anything else I'll read about any of this. Because it's not about, you know, the shooter to me anymore. Because I feel like there's never going to be a change where I won't have to worry about this. I'm more sad that there are children who are dead because of this. It turns into more of a, like, I'm more just mad at this point. Like, it's not even to the point of, like, you know, oh, this sucks. Like, it's sad. It is very sad. It is quite literally heartbreaking to think about this and to think about being a parent having your child stripped away from you by someone with a gun. But I'm mad. Like, I'm just mad. And I'm, but I'm tired of being mad. I don't want to be mad anymore. I've been mad about this since I was 12 years old. I want something else to be mad about. I'm tired of having to fight the exact same fight every single week, every single day, every single month, every single year. Like, something else anything else i want this problem to be solved so that i don't have to continue to think about it read about it and see the list of names of the victims every single time there's a shooting it's there's no end to the anger that i feel but there is a new beginning to what could come from 
the conversation of how needed gun control is. And it sucks having this conversation. I don't like talking about gun control. I mean, I do. I like talking about how we can change it, but I don't like talking about what's happened because of it. It's hard to put into my brain how long this has been happening. There has been so many school shootings this year and we are quite literally not even halfway through and it's already so high and it's just it's sad it is straight up just sad because like it is sad to hear about this in the news but it's even sadder to know that I I feel like my generation is the only people caring or talking about it like I see like the president making an address I see LeBron James I see Taylor Swift but I don't see any of them actually doing anything about it. I don't care about your tweet. Like, I'm tired of hearing, when will we do this? When will this happen? There is no we. We is you and the other politicians making the choices. The people, which is us, can protest and do as many walkouts, rallies, marches as we can. But the decision is in their hands and they're choosing to make dangerous choices and put the lives of children in school at risk. I just, I remember in January when I read my speech, it was insanely hard because it's hard doing the same thing over again and not feeling, I mean, I wish it was like a weird nostalgia, but it was just depressing. But I wanted to read part of my favorite parts for my speech in January. I have a right to an education. I have a right to be safe in a place of learning. I have a right to go to school and not be scared of my life being taken from me. And I feel like this plays into the whole right to bear arms i don't understand a right to bear arms when i have a right to education i don't think i'll ever understand it honestly i don't think i will but that's not important to me because i want to just go to school i want to go to school and not be scared that is quite literally all i want and seeing and just rereading about like how i was shot down by the Redmond school board it's like weird. It's honestly weird because I remember in my email, I'm going to find this email right now and I'm going to read it to you guys. I quite literally begged these people to pass these policies. I said, I threw a statistic that said, no one should be allowed to have a weapon near or on school grounds. Since 2018, there have been 74 school shootings. Since Columbine in 1999, Two two hundred thousand seventy eight hundred children have been exposed to gun violence at school. We can't allow our schools or our community to overlook the prevalence or seriousness of this issue, and we cannot allow our students to become just another statistic. How could you read that and just say no? Like I just I'm at a loss for words, honestly. How could you read that and say no? And then I sent them an email afterwards, and I was like, I was like, wow, this really sucks that you did not actually care. And I was like, <clears throat> he, I remember reading Chiron had said something about, you know, how he is a practical man. And I remember in my, I sent another email to them, but yeah, in my email back, I remember talking about how it is very unpractical to be in this place. It is so impractical because why am I writing you an email about how we need a policy that is quite literally impractical. You are correct. It is impractical that someone should bring a gun on campus and be allowed to. That is impractical. I agree with you. But it is even more impractical that you give no craps about it. 
like you don't care and it's so hard to see that and hear him call himself a practical man when like i have to agree with him because none of this is practical no child should be scared to go to school and there is just yeah there is no end to it there is quite literally no end to it because the people even in our local area the people who are in charge are not doing what they should be doing and they're not taking into account everyone who lives here and everyone who's here and all the students. <clears throat> I also wanted to bring up, I've actually read this on air before completely when I was with Bruce once on the Tuesday point, but I wanted to read this and then talk a little bit about what it means to be a young person in Redmond who is involved in activism. So I, I, actually sent this Redmond City Council letter to them on February 22nd after a few meetings before they had compared my walkout to a like random thing that happened where everyone just stood on the corner and like screamed about a mask in front of Redmond High School and I sent them this and I kind of wanted to just share it because I feel like you know you should be able to call your local representatives and just the people who are in power around you so I'm going to, okay, I'm going to start right here. I honestly wasn't going to call it the unacceptable behavior this council has consistently shown week after week, but I'm not going to allow grown adults to speak poorly of me. I'm a full-time student athlete with a job. I'm a contributing member to this community and I deserve respect. So when you choose to respect me in the ways I'm trying to solve the issues in this community you are overlooking, you will gain the same respect from me. I'm going to close this comment by saying we are watching. Everyone is watching as you allow the democracy in Redmond to fade, and we are all watching the dumpster fire that is this council. I am 16 years old, and I don't have the time of or the energy to do all of your jobs for you. I deserve to be inspired by my city council, and as of right now, I'm embarrassed. Take this as a warning that everyone is that you are being watched by everyone in this community, and if they aren't willing to hold you accountable, I'll be the one to do so. Thank you for your time. So I just, I feel like I, for a very long time, was very into the obviously you have to rise above others and it is very important to i will always stand by rising above others because people are going to punch you low and you just have to take it but it's even more important to not let grown adults speak poorly of you during a literal city council meeting i remember um hearing about that from some random facebook post by clifford evelyn when i say i hate the Roman city council member never mind talking about clifford evelyn but um yeah I remember just seeing that and I was just like, oh, okay. Like, that's weird. And I remember I was like, I literally cannot speak at the next meeting. I have basketball. There's no way that I can speak at that. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, you know what? Everything that I would say to their faces, I'm going to put in an email. And not a single reply came back, <laughs> which sometimes happens, but I expected it. And I feel like, you know, after reading that, to you all, I want you to leave this entire hour with a sense of being able to defend yourself in front of adults. Because obviously sometimes you need to respect others, but like sometimes you're not getting the respect you deserve. And I don't know. I just, I'm not going to let grown adults speak poorly of me during a Redmond City Council meeting. I'm just not going to let that happen. Like I'm not that kind of person. I'm stubborn and I would, I don't know. That's just how I am. Like, I don't like to back down. So I didn't. And yeah, so 
I just, I feel like one of the most important things that I can leave, like my mark that I want to leave on this KPOV hour is inspiring young people to not only be involved in activism, but to not fall into conformity. Like being a young person is amazing. I love being a young person. You have so many opportunities and places you can go and people you can meet. But I feel like recently with all of the stuff that's been going on in politics, it's scary to be a young person and moving into the world in the way it's being left right now with the way climate change is going, gun control, just abortion. Like it's scary being the next generation coming into being able to vote, being able to do all these big kid things, you know, it's scary. But remembering that you have a voice to the sense of being able to send an email, being able to vote, being able to talk on a radio show for an hour is so important because your voice is small until you make it big. Like my voice was small when I was 12 and now I have a microphone in front of me and it's really loud. Like there is no sense of being quiet because how does that help anyone? You being quiet takes away from your message and your goal and what you're trying to become and change. And the more people around you that you inspire, they will go and inspire more people. So being able to be the first loud one and be the one that's most outspoken about this issue and how much they care about it will then help others feel like, oh, I can do that. You know what? What if I did that? That is what having a platform like this is about to me. It's about being able to read my letters on air that I sent to this Remington City Council, read about policies, share about Liz Goodrich, share about amazing people that deserve all of the, you know, respect and love that they aren't getting right now from people like local people. And I think that being able to continue to not only shine light on the issues in our area, but also uplift those around you is just so important because I know that there are amazing people on the Redmond City Council and the Redmond School Board who don't get the recognition they deserve and they don't enjoy doing it anymore because of how just awful it is and I don't strive to be one of those people I'm not going to be a Karen I'm not going to say anything rude to them I'm not going to call them names I'm just going to tell them straight up this isn't how I feel and I would like to be respected by you grown adults so yeah be inspired to stand up for yourself because you deserve to be stood up for and it should be you. You can't expect other people to stand up for things that you believe in. You have to do it yourself. So yeah. Yeah, it is just, it's, it's super important to continue to carry the torch along. Honestly, I know that I spoke a little bit about like ex Gonzalez before and they are such a big person to me because, you know, they were in the parking machine. They were a big part of March for Our Lives. And, you know, you can't fight that battle forever. You know, especially being someone who's actually a survivor of that kind of violence. It sounds insanely hard. And being able to continue the conversation is what it is all about for me. I will continue to talk about this until the day it changes. I will continue to post about it. I'll continue to send the emails, write the letters. I will continue to do it until something changes because it needs to change. And that is why I'm here. I'm here talking into a microphone for a full hour by myself pretty much because Parker left. But I'm doing it because it needs to change. 
And as awkward as this might be right now, talking to myself in a empty room, it is important. And I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) I also just, I don't know. It's just, it's like being in a place, it just feels weird being here. Honestly, being in a place of like, the only thing I can do is post on Instagram, which I know that I've been in and I know a lot of people are, to literally being on the radio is insane. It is absolutely insane. And I don't know, like people, like, it's like having, you know, going from a megaphone to a microphone on a radio show is like a big deal because I don't know megaphones are really heavy first off but also it's just like the platform is bigger i can scream into a megaphone and maybe like four people for 40 people will hear me but i talk into this microphone who knows how many people are hearing me and i kind of just wanted to end this on just like speaking about like what does that change look like and what kind of change can we start and how can we help things become better i know that recently um the san jose california mayor is proposing is proposing into law that every gun require every is requiring every gun owner to carry a liability insurance policy so like if their gun was to hurt or kill someone their insurance would have to pay for it which is amazing obviously but it's even more interesting that like obviously like I don't know. This feels almost like it has to be a loophole in a sense. Like, I wish that we could just completely stop, you know, AR-15s from being into the hands of civilians. And it's weird having to do all these loopholes of, like, insurance to literally ensure that our children won't be murdered in schools. But here we are. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I love this idea, and it's very interesting, but I just feel like the loophole after loophole is just constant like i don't want any more loopholes like why do you need a gun why do you need a gun like i understand if you're hunting maybe you need a gun you know there are situations where maybe someone needs a gun but you will never catch me understanding why someone has an ar-15 in their home especially unlocked that will never be something that makes sense in my mind and yeah it's just like (laughs) I don't know. It's really hard to talk about this by myself, but it's also like I don't understand sometimes like a lot. I don't understand a lot of times why, you know, this is like even a conversation, you know, it's like just constant, (laughs) constant, like just fear and just feeling like it's never going to change because it hasn't changed in all of the years I've been talking about it. It's still the exact same. I feel like it's honestly worse in ways because now people are they're feeling more inclined and like more empowered to use their guns and have their guns and second amendment it's like people are more fired up to use and own guns at this point which is literally horrifying (laughs) thinking about the fact that more people since like columbine and parkland are more fired up to use their guns and uh, do second amendment stuff like that is absolutely horrifying Like, guns are the literal leading cause of death among American children. Like, leading cause of death. And they are still so unregulated. It's just, it's literally insane. Like, reading statistics about it is horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. 
And even just coming back to the unlocked gun thing, 4.6 million American children live in a gun where at least one gun is kept un- is kept loaded and unlocked. Why would you leave that around your children? There are just so many other possibilities and things you could do than just leave a loaded gun around your child. So, yeah, I don't... Yeah, so I kind of just wanted to end this with just talking about and continuing talking about inspiring the people around me. You know, it's obviously, it's hard fighting the same fight, but it almost feels like, you know, it's like, I don't know, there's like little wins. I feel like this is a little win. Being on the radio is a little win, but there are even more little wins when like, people start caring more you know i get to come on here and talk about this you know there are more people with me who want to work on this i get to talk to local legislation and representatives and it's just like there are so many more little wins that are happening but i need those little wins to amount to something i need action and i need to change and i need it right now there is no more like this is our very very last shooting because we don't know if it will be but we need to start trying honestly we need to start trying there is a lack of fire and there is a lack of want for no more gun violence the province will continue as long as we allow it to i'm tired of hearing about this and i'm tired of reading the list of names of the victims that have died i don't want to do it anymore i'm exhausted And the more we let it happen and the more we continue to allow this violence to happen against our children while they're in a place of learning, the statistics will get higher. There will be more school shootings. There will be more access to guns. And there will be more dead children. And I feel like, I don't know why that wouldn't scare anyone. I feel scared even just saying that. It's horrifying to say that. But I feel like it's even more horrifying that some people hear that and don't care. And still feel like, Oh, well, you know, I still would like to hold on to my gun. Yeah, and so it's just, it's insanely hard, and it's just, it's sad. Being a student and working with kids and hearing that people read the statistics and hear about the shootings that happen and read the list of names and don't have that kind of fire and want for safer schools is so sad to me. I will never allow my kids to grow up in a world where they are scared to go to school like I am. I don't want to allow the kids that I work with on a daily basis to ever feel that way. School is a place where you learn. School is a place where you make friends. School is a place where you find out who you are, where you decide what you want to do when you're older. It's not a place that you learn how to hide under a desk while someone comes in your room in an unsafe manner. It is just not even fathomable to me that this is the way that our world is leaded now. You've been listening to a KPOV critical conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical dash conversations.